This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. On this show, we invite app industry professionals to cover various topics. And as always, we promise to do our best to keep it both insightful but brief. In this episode, we have Anton Volovic, COO at Reface. Anton, welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. Uh, Art, thank you very much for having me here. Great, thank you for coming. Um, okay, let's set the stage for the conversation. Um, since the inception of the iPhone it's, and its innovative app store, we heard many success stories of apps that grabbed so many people's attention because of their novelty practical application, or just pure fun. Some of those apps were brainstormed, developed, and marketed by Ukrainians. That was before the war in Ukraine. Now, imagine you own one of the most popular mobile apps of today, and your home country was invaded. How do you reconcile the challenge of growing your app and the way bigger one caused by the invasion? Today, Anton will tell us the story of those challenges. But first, let's kick off uh, with talking about you, Anton. Please tell us about yourself, uh, your background. Uh, sure, Art. So uh, I'm Ukrainian. I was born in Ukraine, raised in Kiev, and uh, started my career actually in finance and had nothing to do with apps and startups. It was just uh, pure numbers, uh, Excel and stuff like this. So I did investment banking and uh, private equity for five years. And then uh, afterwards, uh, I went uh, for an MBA to the US. And mm-hmm. uh, I also planned to continue working in the corporate sector related to finance and investments. But uh, because of the, uh, of the coronavirus uh, pandemic, uh, I had a couple of free months uh, just to try new things uh, because the offer I had uh, was postponed and uh, I just uh, joined Reface uh, to try it out and see how it works. Never worked in an operational company before and uh, it was an amazing experience and here I am uh, currently the CEO of this amazing company and uh, yeah, working in startups, uh, never expected to be at this place. So I should say it's pretty nice try, right? <laughs> For yeah. switching the d- direction. No, no regrets about not working with the big companies, you know, corporate world and stuff. No, no. I, I mean, that world is also great, but I think uh, uh, because I switched gears so much, I learn every day so much that uh, I mean, currently I'm enjoying a lot, and it was a definitely the right decision. All right, got it. So yeah, too much of a fun and great stuff to abandon this area. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Mm. I guess there are like a more, more than 100, 200 million people who know what it is firsthand. But let's give a kind of a thumbnail sketch of what is Reface for the rest. Uh, so Reface uh, is actually bigger than the app. Um, we started as a, a single feature, a single app uh, kind of startup, and we grew from there. And basically, we treat ourselves as a, a company which uh, works on development and uh, commercialization of machine learning uh, technologies for uh, content creation and fun. 
And uh, Reface app is uh, obviously uh, currently as of now the biggest product we have. Uh, it has uh, more than 200 million downloads and it's basically a very uh, easy to use entertainment tool when uh, everyone can try themselves uh, in different videos, pictures, uh, they can reenact uh, the pictures, uh, apply uh, lip synchronizations and other cool features which you can then share on TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram and other social media. We want to do a better job than Brad Pitt or Leonardo DiCaprio in a new movie. You can try yourself and do a better job just putting your face on top of these guys and perform, right? Exactly, exactly. And there will be a reface watermark, so everyone knows that we helped you to achieve that. <laughs> All right, so Brad Pitt will, will not mind knowing that that's not actually him, it's you. Okay, um, let's, let's put some numbers on the app. Uh, how does it look in... Um, specific figures uh, it's the app's performance like so people can appreciate its achievements on the market uh, sure so we have uh, roughly uh, 10 million monthly active users and i mean this number fluctuates but i think that's the the rough number we have uh, also i think kind of the most impressive metric and the one we care the most is uh, kind of the volume of synthetic content which been created by our users and uh, currently we have probably more than 6 billion synthetic medias created uh, since the beginning of the app. And uh, on the monthly basis, it's around 100 million of synthetic videos created on our servers. And uh, kind of the last uh, interesting uh, number is that 40% uh, of the content which uh, um, has been created on Reface app is being uh, saved and shared. So oh, the app okay. has pretty strong virality. Oh yeah. Uh, have you been following uh, like having Sorry, not following, trying to assess and track kind of a trends thematically. What kind of stuff people are like movies, uh, you know, uh, pop stars. Uh, what's the what's the most popular just from the top of your head? Yeah, very, very good question, Arden. I think we have uh, a bunch of people working full time on this question. Uh, because I think the, the link between kind of our machine learning magic uh, the kind of the product features, the product flow and content is what makes Reface uh, so amazing. Therefore, the content piece is very important. Uh, so I would say that um, it actually fluctuates a lot and uh, there are virality speaks that we see in the app. So for example, let's say movies are popular right now and then something come up in the musical area and then this, mm -hmm. uh, this video takes over, I would say like 50% of the usage of the app for the next two weeks. And therefore we kind of see and try to operate with vir this virality peaks. We just kind of started launching somewhere and we obviously try to support them and learn like, how did it happen? But we still didn't uh, crack the case of, okay, how we can actually uh, get the burst of this virality peaks by ourselves. We're sort of more like seeing what's happening on the app and then try to mm -hmm. amplify it. Right, got it. Uh, by the way, uh, Jurassic Park, the new movie is coming. You may pick up the pterosaur as the new character to put your face on. <laughs> That's a good idea, Art. That's a good idea. Our it's technology like, is still mm -hmm. like not the best for uh, animals and uh, guys like this, but uh, it's a good one. We, we may try. Okay, it's like uh, the end of uh, May, if I remember correctly, the uh, th thriller announcement. So it's yeah. really soon. Uh, Okay, switching the gears a little bit, let's talk about the underlining tech uh, that does the whole magic of the app. How does it work exactly, just you know, in plain English? 
Yeah, and... so basically mm -hmm. in plain English, um, we have, uh, I would say, kind of three parts of our tech stack. So the first one is obviously mobile front end. And uh, for us, it's, it's kind of a light side of things. We also have backend and machine learning production. And the, the, the backend and machine learning production, they are on the servers. And basically how it happens is that when the user kind of clicks uh, on uh, creating a reface or face swap, any other uh, mechanics, then this request goes to a backend and the backend kind of reroutes this request to machine learning production, which mm -hmm. utilizes GPUs um, to kind of create an output, which then is sent back uh, on the mobile. And uh, I think actually the kind of the biggest, uh, I would say technological novelty and the kind of key competitive advantage of Reface is that we are able to uh, process millions of videos at scale on the servers, not on the mobile. And therefore our quality is, uh, is very hard to match. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we think it's a very good, big competitive advantage for Reface. Got it. So yeah, so there's how this magic works. And uh, you're not relying on the hardware of a mobile device. More people can use this tech, uh, which, you know, those people who do not have the latest and tensiest smartphones, they can still enjoy the app and use it for fun. Exactly, exactly. And it actually corresponds to a very big number of uh, Android users and also people from, uh, I would say, less rich geographies. Right, right. Like not obviously, iPhones are more expensive, and when you're relying only on this uh, um, high-end smartphone, you're not reaching out so many people in other countries where Android are more uh, prevalent. Like you know, South America, Africa, where so many Android uh, smartphones are being sold, and um, yeah, I can let those folks enjoy the app as well. Uh, now. Um, the app has been on the market, uh, if I'm not mistaken, more than two years. Um, how would you describe the kind of uh, evolution trajectory of the app? Yeah, very good question. So I think the first big transition we did was from photo to video. Uh, so at the beginning, we had just one feature, which is uh, like our original feature face swap, and it worked only on images. And then once we brought in videos, the app actually started uh, growing uh, uh, so the, the virality picked up just massively with this kind mm -hmm. of uh, seemingly small change. Uh, kind of the other layer is that we also try to um, embed more content modification features in the app. So it sort of serves, serves like a, a box with Christmas presents. So you, you open the box and you, you may see like different fun things that you can play around with. And uh, currently we have, uh, I think, I mean, overall for all the users, we have four features rolled out, but we also have three others which we're doing beta testing in different geographies. So these features are the original face swap. Then the second one is uh, reenactment. It's basically the ability to animate a picture similar to paintings in Hogwarts. I would put it this way. Then uh, lip sync. Uh, it's uh, another one where you can make your kind of mouse mm -hmm. uh, move, move in line. And yeah, there are a bunch of others like style transfer, emotion swap, which we are testing in different geographies. So this is the second layer, kind of adding more features. And actually the layer which worries us the most uh, is uh, actually trying to 
tie in all these new things in the app. So the experience is actually uh, smooth and interesting uh, for the users because one of the challenges that we faced at some point that, look, all these features are great, but actually they mm -hmm. cannibalize each other if you really don't come up with um, interesting product use cases around them. Therefore, we also uh, focused uh, a lot actually on the product side because we think in kind of in terms of tech, we have a huge backlog of things that we can incorporate in the app, but the challenge is actually on the product side to make it usable for, for millions of people. Right, because uh, if I remember correctly, that phrase coined by somebody in Apple, it's really easy to make something complicated and it's really complicated to, to make something really simple. It's always kind of a, you should remember about it when you're developing new features uh, because you, you you may have you know best uh, intentions, but in the end, the product will not be usable as much as you would love to have these new features, features in. Um, and yeah, I strongly encourage people to try the app because if you have this mental picture of, you know, uh, image manipulation back from the days of a Photoshop where it was obvious, that the image was manipulated, uh, you know, the shadows were off, the lighting was off, the skin color was off. It was really hard to make it look real and it, obviously it was static. So those days are gone. That's the old school. Check out your face to see how it's look like the tech looks like right now. It's way more fun that you can think of, uh, you know, from those days. Thank you. Thank uh, you, Art, for good words. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's just my personal feeling about the app after using Actually, yeah, inside Reface, we call uh, all of these things like AI magic uh, for people to try. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Hogwarts stuff, definitely. Yeah. Um, now, oh, I think it's given that after 200 million downloads, and by the way, counting, it's more than 200 million downloads, I bet, for now. You gotta have some lessons learned. Uh, could you share some of those? Uh, yeah, hundred uh, percent. I think the first one which comes to my mind is uh, uh, invest in data and uh, think about data because uh, I feel like at least at the beginning of their journey, we didn't uh, kind of appreciate all the breadths and insights which were coming from millions of users uh, installing and using the app. And uh, for me, it's, it's kind of never enough to hire more data people to actually uh, culture-wise focus people on uh, making data-driven decisions, data-driven hypothesis and stuff like this. So I think data is the king, especially if you're in B2C world with uh, huge traffic. I mean, you can do so many amazing things. So the second learning, I think, uh, is kind of a speed of iteration, which uh, sort of ties back a little bit uh, to the data point I made uh, earlier. And uh, again, uh, I think uh, what I should have done differently at Reface is I would probably uh, kind of enlarge and empower uh, more product managers and uh, just again, instill this culture of uh, constant iterations on features, uh, flows, and stuff like this. And we are now much better than we used to be, but I think, I mean, so many users just went through the app once the app was not kind of optimized. And the way how you can optimize it is obviously learn as fast as possible. So I think the speed of iteration is this, the second one. And the, the last uh, lesson, I would say, it's actually uh, similar to what you had said before, is the uh, importance of simplicity. 
and uh, specifically in our app uh, it's about entertainment and people don't want to wait for entertainment even if we have something amazing to offer them uh, in five seconds their attention is just diluted and they do something else so actually building things uh, in mind with the simplicity as the kind of the core value of the product is very important and uh, i encourage other apps to do uh, similarly right it's the, that's again one of those apple's models try to keep like uh there are so many ideas in your head and sometimes it's really hard to say no to your own idea uh even though its implementation could be quite hard and complicated but if you know the path you may just follow it because this is your desire to implement a new feature but um try to remember that people are using the app in their own way and uh, as much as you appreciate like the breadth and the uh, whole set of features you would like to stick into the app as fast as you can uh, take it easy do not rush to get it all in uh, just uh, slowly but surely developing on the you know, app being um, loved uh, comprehended by people uh, and uh, less frustration less questions less negative less uh, you know uh, one-star reviews and stuff a better app will be on the market but your your ideas will not be wasted but will be put in at work uh, really nicely now i mentioned at the beginning that obviously you know creating a create app and uh, building its user base is not the only challenge you have obviously living in ukraine in kiev uh, that's one of those um um one of those companies that uh, just cannot be doesn't have a luxury to be focused specifically on business goals and just to not uh, be you know distracted by anything else uh yeah art uh, i mean definitely the world changed a lot uh, how we operate and uh, what we do and uh, at the beginning of the war i think out of 190 people uh staff we had maybe 116 kiev uh, which is a little bit crazy and obviously like the first uh, the first thoughts uh, once the war break out is that you you want to make all your friends family and also colleagues safe uh, as fast as right. possible so yeah the first week was just trying to figure out okay where are the people do they need any support any help um, but um, also for eFace actually what helped us a lot to navigate this uh, extremely difficult months is that I think from the first hours of war we were ex extremely explicit that uh, we're not going to just focus on the business we want to do way more to support our country um, and uh, actually uh, right now we cooperate with the Ukrainian government on a number of uh, machine learning projects uh, we also That's just uh, launched a reface fund um, and mm -hmm. basically the logic there is that we have a huge uh, b2c reach and we have pretty good expertise in marketing and we would try to fundraise more money from Ukraine for Ukraine and we already raised uh, 200k dollars which is good and uh, we're still working on it uh, we also even launched an app to support Ukrainians during the war. Uh, the app is called uh, Memamiot. And uh, this app is basically uh, a spin-off from another app, which we used to have. And um, the, the premise of this app is that you can use machine learning technologies to easily create memes and fun content because we have technologies such as object tracking, green screen. So it's very easy to kind of combine contexts. And we filled in this app with a lot of kind of uh, pro-Ukrainian 
uh, fun contacts such as uh, Lukashenko kind of uh, right. saying nonsense right. and stuff like this. And actually, this this app picked up really well, and it helped Ukrainians uh, fight uh, fight anxiety and also to stay like to keep this conflict uh, in the news and in the conversations in the West, which is also very important for us. And uh, I mean, currently the challenge is that uh, a lot of people work on this volunteering, like closer to business, but like volunteering um, commitments and uh, our like just production capacity decreased quite a bit, uh, but uh, we stay strong, we keep growing and everything will be fine. Gotcha, Anton. And by the way, people who will be visiting your site will find a nice button in the left down corner that will lead you to a number of ways how we can help Ukraine. There's a way to support financially and stuff. So yeah, um, that's 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 a great thing of you know uh, being focused not only on the business you do, but helping your country you live in, people around you, supporting them. Okay. Um, now let's let's kind of a take a broad uh, look at the ai field in terms of uh, manipulation image and video um what are you what are your thoughts about this technology this current state you know pros and cons pluses and minuses yeah uh it's a hard question right because i think uh, every new technology every new breakthrough comes with uh uh some like potential problems and also it, it really depends on the kind of the main actors of uh, uh, of those who try to kind of handle this technology whether it takes on the good turn or on the bad turn uh, right. But I think um, in general, the good thing is that a lot of companies who work in this space, uh, such as Reface, uh, they uh, they build business around these technologies and therefore it's super important actually to make uh, uh, this area as ethical as possible. I think good example is uh, the initiative which is called Synthetic Futures and Reface is a part of this initiative together with other startups and also big companies such as Adobe. And uh, mm -hmm. uh, within this, for example, um, uh, kind of uh, non-profit uh, initiative, we try to develop a code, con uh, code of contact so the other players in AIML industry can actually look at the rules and the guidelines, how to behave well. Uh, but in general, I think this technology can also bring a lot of good uh, for the people. I think one of the uh, problems and challenges it solves is uh, the content creation. Because if we can look at the evolution of the internet, I mean, first it was just kind of the one-sided uh, websites, yeah. then there mm -hmm. was a huge increase in UGC. Uh, and I think going forward, we would need even more content. And sometimes it's not even enough uh, kind of uh, just people with the tools they have to produce enough content, especially when we yeah. get a bit into the future in kind of the metaverses, 3D worlds and stuff. And I think AI and ML would be a very big part of... Uh, uh, content creation in the future so if there are responsible uh, companies responsible people working in this uh, sector i think it, it should take uh, a good turn and actually impact uh, the humanity in a good way yeah absolutely that's great that you're a part of this initiative because um quite uh, naturally every new innovation uh small and big um has been uh, you know conceived with by people who are uh, optimists they have a lot of hopes they're thinking positively they just naturally 
aren't really capable to see externalities, the downside. And um, I know when it's on a small small scale, we don't we don't feel any consequences. But when it's on a big scale, and I would I would imagine that uh, image manipulation is one of those things because, as we know, propaganda is taking a really big advantage of being able to kind of a break in the last frontier. Um, you know, uh, believing something is seeing something, right? So. Up till this point, we used to, you know, trust our own eyes as we can, we can see something. And um, when you can actually manipulate not only a static image, but a video clip, and basically just blurring, the, the, um, um, destroying the difference between the reality and fake reality, that's the challenge. So that's awesome that actually companies like Adobe and you guys uh, join forces to set the standards, set the and then kind of a um the uh, work frame for avoiding that negative part to making sure that we're moving forward only with the negative uh, part of the technology that's that's awesome thank you thank you okay uh we are actually managed to address the major topic on the table and but that's not the end of the show i have just a very few questions uh, to you which i have a privilege to ask every guest on the show to let the people who are listening to the show know every uh, person uh, who I'm talking to just a little bit better. All right, let's let's uh, roll. Uh, question number one: What smartphone do you have now? Have you been switching between these two giants, iOS and Android, or just staying one side all the time? Uh, okay, well, so I'm an uh, iOS user. Uh, I don't have an Android phone, and uh, the reason being is that I'm surrounded by so many screens in my life that actually one more screen would just make my head explode. So <laughs> unfortunately, just learning th about the apps world uh, through iPhone lens. Got it. Fair enough. Um, do you remember your first uh, mobile phone pre-smartphone era from those days? Yeah, it was uh, it was a silver Motorola with a blue screen and a couple of really nice uh, games, but I don't uh, recall the specific uh, name of it. Okay, um, getting back to present, let's imagine you've left your smartphone at home. What would be the most missing feature for you, apart from Reface? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I think it's a calendar. It, uh, uh, it's very easy for me to uh, forget something and therefore uh, without a calendar uh, I won't be able to function. All right, let's uh, let's think about your iPhone. Um, are there any tech, uh, could be hardware, software that you would think uh, wouldn't be great if that thing can do this and uh, it's not necessarily something trendy, fancy, but what what would be the, that feature for you that would make your iPhone more um, useful in your life? Well, that's that's an interesting question. I mean, the, I mean, again, the first thought that comes to my mind is uh, kind of the bottle opener because once uh, <laughs> I tried to open a beer with with keys and I broke the keys. So if iPhone uh, had this functionality, it would be really really nice because it's always in my pocket. Yeah, that's that's actually I never it never occurred to me. I remember one of the first apps were lighters, 
uh, you can kind of light the lighter in your phone and it looked like a real one, but obviously just a video clip. But yeah, bottle opener would be really even nicer. Yeah, it never occurred to me you can use it with your iPhone like this. That's that's nice trick. Not not, not now, so please don't don't do it. Okay, okay, I'm, I'm not gonna edition. break my iPhone 12. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I promise. All right. Uh, before I let you go, uh, just a very final question. How can people get in touch with you and get more information about what you do, guys? Uh, I think the best way is uh, just LinkedIn. I'm quite uh, uh, often there and I check the messages. So yeah, please just uh, connect, uh, follow, message me and uh, would love to have a chat. All right, terrific. Anton, thank you very much for coming on our podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Art. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. And that was Anton Volovic, COO at Reface. To listen to more episodes, subscribe to our podcast and iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. Just search for Business of Apps and you will find us easily. We release episodes on Mondays, so subscribe and you'll be able to get new episodes on your smartphone, tablet, or computer as soon as we release them. And please don't forget to leave us a review or comment on iTunes. It is highly appreciated. And all episodes will also be available on businessofx.com. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Business of Apps podcast. For more, head on over to businessofapps.com.